0: okay so i'm gonna jump right right into right into business um god's business his word, and we are going to, um, you know, dive straight into it today. We are looking at three things every soldier needs to hear. We are in part 13 of our of, uh, series on fight. If you missed it at any time, you want to get it, go online, it's, it's archived there so that you, you are up to date. Today, we are in part 13. And we are looking at the three things that every soldier needs to to hear. In case you don't know, you're a soldier. There's a battle going on. There's a war going on. There's a battle going on. There's a battle over your life. There's a battle over your destiny. Globally, there's a battle over humanity right now with the COVID-19 situation. But before then, there have always been a battle from time immemorial, and there will always be a battle. There's a battle over your health. There's a battle over your education. There's a battle over your marriage. There's a battle over your future. There's a battle going on. And as as soldiers in God, we have to fight. Everyone say fight. We have to fight. Now, there are three things in fighting that every soldier needs to hear. There are three things. Before you can fulfill your destiny, really, there are three things every soldier needs to hear. Last week, Sunday, um, was Father's Day, and we, we, we explained the, how crucial the role of a father is in the life of a son, in the life of a daughter, in the life of a child. We ruled out statistics that are mind-blowing. I mean, myself, I was shocked when I was reading those statistics, you know, at how the impact of fatherless homes, what it has on the next generation. You know, it's almost unbelievable, almost unbelievable. And we saw that five of the top atheists in the world, five, they did a study on just five of them. And they said the five of them has only one thing in common. Imagine five of the people that defy God, five of the people that hate God, five of the people that want to have nothing to do with God had only one thing in common. And what is that thing? They all hated their father. They all hated their father. Everyone that hates their father will always be at variance with God at a very different spectrum, either at a slight spectrum or at an extreme spectrum or anything else in between. But guess what? It is never good for that person. Never good for that person. So today we are looking at that soldier in reference really to his father. But what that soldier must and needs to hear. And that's so powerful because when we look at it, for those of us that are fathers, mothers, parents, we begin to realize that we have a huge part to play in the lives of our children, a huge, huge part to play. So three things every soldier must hear, needs to, to hear. It is it is a necessity for the health, the victory, the combat of that soldier. There's John Heldridge, the guy that, um, that writes and, 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 and teaches and does stuff on Wild at Heart, he made, he made this, and it's a ministry to men. He made, he made this very powerful statement. And, and he says, every boy in his journey to become a man takes an arrow at the center of his heart in the place of his strength, He says, because the wound is rarely rarely discussed, nobody talks about it, and even more rarely healed. Because nobody talks about it, it never gets healed. Every man carries a wound. Every man carries a wound. And the wound is nearly always given by his father. Every man carries a wound that is almost always given by his father. Every man carries a wound that is almost always given by his father, sometimes by his mother. And sometimes it's not just the man. It's not just the son. It's the daughter. So every child carries a wound that is almost always given, almost always inflicted by the father. Or by the mother in, in rare cases by the mother in most cases by the father boys particularly but girls are not exempted from this because in christ really there's no male nor female so are well, you know look at the father son relationship that we should emulate the father child relationship father-child or father-son relationship that we should emulate and that is god the father you know we saw that god the father is a cons- is a caring father is a come on consistent father, is a close father and is a competent father so we see we saw that on sunday so we're going to look at god the father how did he father his son before his son we be- began to enter battle and combat on life who is christ what did what were the five things, oh, sorry, the three things that Jesus needed to, to hear as a soldier? I'm, I'm really rushing because of time. What was the three things Jesus needed to hear as a soldier? We see that in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. Matthew 3, 16 to 17. Matthew 3, 16 to 17 says, as soon as Jesus was baptized. He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice, the voice of the Father, the voice of the Heavenly Father from heaven said, This is my beloved Son. This is my Son whom I love with whom i am well pleased with him i'm well pleased this is my son whom i love in him with him i am well pleased again let's say together this is my son whom i love with him i'm well pleased let's say it again one more time whom i love with him i am well pleased so right away we see the three things every soldier need to hear. Jesus was coming out of the water and entering into battle. Before he went into battle, before he faced life, before he took on life, the father said, number one, I believe in you. You are my son. Every girl needs to hear that and hear it consistent from our father. I believe in you. You are my daughter. Every son needs to hear it. Every soldier needs to hear it. You can be you to say, but pastor, I am 35. My dad is there. I'm facing battles of life. It's too late for me. To, is it too late for me to hear it? Listen, it's not too late for, for you to hear it. By the grace of God, I am speaking and I'm representing, speaking for, I'm representing your Heavenly Father. And if I'm your pastor, by the grace of God, I'm your spiritual father and i'm saying to you i believe in you you are my son this is my daughter i believe in you huge huge the second thing that every soldier needs to hear is i'll always love you no matter what so whom i love so this is my son i believe in you whom i love that's what love there is the way we do love you know you know a man can say he loves the woman and turn his back and and leave her in the cold a woman can say she loves a man and turns her back and leave him in the cold it's not that kind of flaky love jesus is god's kind of love which is what we should have and not the one the kind of love the world should have that deserts, abandons, betrays, not that kind. Jesus' kind of love is, and God's kind of love is the agape kind of love. So he says, I will always love you no matter what happens. I will always love you no matter what happens. If you, can you say to your son, can you say to your daughter, I will always love you no matter what happens. Let me extend it. Can you say to your spouse, I will always love you no matter what happens. No matter what happens. Can you say to the people you are leading, I will always love you no matter what happens. I know that is big. That is huge. That's huge because a lot of the time, our kind of love is a selfish kind of love. But for us to be all that God has called us to be, we need to be like the God that has called us to be that. So for, for us to be all that God has us to be, we need to love like God wants us to love. And that is, I love you. It's called agape. I thought I, did I say that? I didn't say it. It's called agape kind of love. It is the unconditional love. I'm not going to give you 10 things you need to fulfill before I love you. I'm not going to give you 15 things. If you get all A's in your exam, or if you get uh, all A stars, then I love you. Then if you fail, then you cannot be my son. i told you. We have fathers today that when sons exams, they say that's their own DNA test. That's their DNA test. Their DNA test is the son's aptitude or ability to pass exams. So when a child fails the exam, the father is like, ah, no, 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 that one, that one cannot be my son, you know, because every father always came first, you know, all of them came first. I wonder who came second, (laughs) you know, so I'll always love you. Number three, in him, I am well pleased. I am proud of you. I am proud of you. So, I don't just believe in you. I don't just always love you because I'm just managing you, but I love you with the love of God. So, I'm just managing you. I'm just loving you, God. No, you went further. He says, not only do, do I accept you and believe in you as my son, or as my husband, or as my wife, or as my daughter. Number two, I will always love you no matter what. Slap me, I will always love you. Paul, water on me, I always love you. No matter what. Then, number three, I'm not just doing that. I am proud of you. And that is huge. You I'm proud of you. You are mine. I'm proud of you. You see, you know, we saw on Sunday that God is faithful, and God will not even when we are faithless, even when we fail, even when we, we decide God or well, as in disown God or whatever you. Or, or are unfaithful. God remains faithful why? because he cannot disown himself. So he's, he's, I'm proud of you because when I look at you, you, you are my son. You are the image, express image of the invisible God. When a father looks at his son, my DNA is in you. I'm proud of you. I may not be proud of what you have done. Your son may not, maybe got suspended at school. I'm not saying you should be proud at the fact that he slapped his teacher and he got suspended. Oh, so says I should be proud of him. As I'm proud of that. No, that's not what I'm saying. You may not be proud of the fact that he got suspended, but you are proud of him as your son. You may not be proud of your daughter because of what she did to her friend, but you are proud of her as your daughter. You may not be proud of your husband because he comes home drunk you are proud of him that is your crown that is your head that is your husband you may be drunk but it's your head it may be laid up at at work but it's your husband you may be sad you should be proud of your wife regardless of what she has done you may not be proud of what she has done but you're proud of her anyway because she is your wife so these three things, every soldier needs to hear. Every soldier needs to hear. Again, I'm going to now go into the practicality of it. And even though I've done a lot of practicalities as I was going, <laughs> but I will still explain some practicalities and, and we'll bring in our, our, our people to discuss so, again, we are seeing in verse 17, a voice from heaven, heavenly father, said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So we see, as a father, or as someone in the place of authority, someone in the place of influence, you have to give open and open because everyone's open. It was public. Open heartfelt affirmation and affection. You have to, in your in your relationships, maybe you're not even married, dating someone, your wife to be or your husband to be, you need to give them open heartfelt affirmation. Every soldier needs that. Every warrior needs that. Everyone going to combat needs that. Open heartfelt affirmation and affection. So, here we go. Affirmation, for instance. Sometimes we mix up the role of the mother and the father. A mother can affirm from now to eternity. (laughs) It may not be 10% as effective when a father affirms a child. Mothers nurture. The mother is designed to nurture the child, and, and, and that creates that nurturing environment, and, and nurture, even when the child is, is old, the mother still will still nurture. But the father, on the other hand, can nurture, but the father cannot nurture like the mother. He can try from now till tomorrow. <laughs> he can't, you know, he can't. That's why you see that. Those two are totally indispensable, but the man, The affirmation of a man is totally indispensable. Now, I was saying on Sunday that I miss my dad at this time. I really do. You know? It's totally indispensable. When a man puts a hand around his son and says to his son, you are prepared for this. The boy is going to write an exam, and the man looks at his daughter and says to his daughter, you are ready for this you are going to pass this. It's huge, it's huge. He it says to his child, you are courageous. The boy is afraid, or maybe they are bullies in class, or maybe people are making fun of him. There is a girl and they're telling her that, oh, you're ugly, you're not pretty. But daddy looks at him and daddy says, you are the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Do you know what that would do to that girl? The affirmation, the mother can say that at you know, just like my daughter, she will always run to the dad. How do I look? How do I look, dad? How do I look? Why? Because mother's nurture, father's affirm, destiny fulfilled. If you have a father, it can't nurture. It can try. It can try. If you have a mother, she can't affirm. She can try. But the, the grace for doing that, is not primary. It's not primary. It's not primary. So you look at your girl and you say, You are the most beautiful girl. This is so beautiful. She goes into school, the confidence she has is un- will be unbelievable. If anyone tries to toast her, he says, He says that, Oh, I think you are fine. You are just thinking. My daddy has already told me. She may not even need to tell him. But it's in her heart, she ah oh, My daddy already told me of the be- most beautiful thing ever. So you are still thinking you yeah, are fine. You are not even serious. <laughs> So we see that the affirmation of the father is totally indispensable. Or you say to your son or your daughter, You are strong. And they're like, Am I, I feel so weak. You say, No, listen, listen, I'm your father. The Ulufa they, they don't back down from war. They don't, You are strong. You will fight. You will win. Your son, and your daughters, we say, ah, that is who I am, I'm a warrior, I will fight, and I will win. The affirmations of a father, totally indispensable, totally indispensable. Looking at your son and saying, you have what it takes to fight and win. Look at your daughter, maybe they want to take jam. Maybe they want to take jam. They're afraid. Or maybe they want to take whatever exam, SAT. They studied, but they're afraid. Naturally. And the father steps in and says, listen, look at me. Look at me. me. You're your son. You're my daughter. You have all it takes to pass this exam. You're going to blast this exam. And you speak into him. He leaves the house. He fears no foe. He sits there down. He destroys that exam. He will destroy the exam. Why? Because he's a soldier. And the soldier has heard what the soldier needs to hear. The second bit. So, so, you are my son. With him, I'm well pleased. Those two affirmations. You are my son. With you, I'm well pleased. Affirmation. Then, whom I love is affection. His affection. I love you, no matter what. In other words, the boy is going into that exam all knowing that even if I fail this exam, my dad's love is a, is me But I am going to pass this exam because of who I am. I am a termi money. I will blast this exam. Or I am a you mentioned the name of your father. I will blast this exam. So he's not going in with the with the yoke of you fail. It's going in knowing that whether I fail does not define whether my father loves me, whether he's pleased me, whether I am his son or not. The issue is not, that's not the issue. The issue is I am going to pass because I am built to pass. My daddy told me I am built, I am designed to pass. You set your soldier free. You set your warrior free. You set whoever your relationship. You set them free because culturally, men are often discouraged from showing emotions. So, daddy don't want to show emotions. You are big boys. You know you don't want to show emotions. All that is crap. That's if you need to cry, cry. But after when you, when you finish crying, please get up <laughs> and do what the warrior does. That's what you need to do. So. Many men don't know how to give because they are not received. And if you are here, you're a man, you're struggling with your emotions. I speak peace to your heart in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak healing to your heart in the mighty name of Jesus. If you are here, you could be a woman also. You are struggling with your emotions. I speak peace into your heart in the name of Jesus. I speak healing into your heart in the name of Jesus. I speak life into your being in the mighty name of, of Jesus. Because relationships don't get strong because people are perfect. Relationships get strong because people forgive. That's why relationships get strong. You know, no, no relationship can ever go beyond the level of forgiveness. No. No. Father, son, father, daughter, and the other thing in between. It is so powerful that these three things that every soldier needs to hear, that we, we hear it. And not just hear it, we hear it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. So at this time, I'm going to bring in uh, And again. It's coming. Mm-hmm. It's time. A see you guys. Okay, so guys, you need to you need to mute, not mute, no mute. You need to stop watching the live service. You need to. Okay, so guys, you need to stop you need to, stop you need to stop watching the live service. You need to put it off, close it, or something, <laughs> or mute, it or something okay so thank you very much um everybody we have we have with me the um of my templates i don't know how it's showing there we have mr michael epoki
1: mike hello pastor good afternoon oh, good evening good evening
0: yes,
1: yes
0: it's good afternoon for me but good evening for you uh, then we have uh pastor Atnuke ajayi hi to
2: Good evening, Papi. Good to be here.
0: Then we have not other we have the one and only <laughs> ideally. Good, Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. So the the matter is on the table. So <laughs> we have a father, we have a mother, we have a child, you know, today. And uh a child that has a father and mother. So I want to what are your thoughts? It could be thoughts, it could be questions, it could be, you know, what jumps at you at this discussion?
1: I'll start with you, Mike. Thank you, Pastor, and thank you for inviting me. I think the, the first thing that strikes me is, how do we as parents prepare our children to face the challenges of life? Um, we live in very complex times, generational differences. Um, and yes, we, we, we speak life into our children. We remind them of who they are. We remind them of whose they are, but we will not be with them all the time. And we need to prepare them to be able to face those challenges. So yes, you talked about how we can remind them of who they are in terms of our children and whose they are in terms of being children of god yeah. but you still have to let them go into the into the real world and and there's usually that challenge you know of of you know yes we know them we believe in them but how well do we think we have prepared them for the reality of the world today
0: hmm. absolutely 100% so um before i hear what um Tinuke and um, Inias to say um, for their own, I want them to comment on, briefly on what Mike has said. So, Tinuke, if you were to advise a parent, if you were to give them one, two, three things, perhaps, could be one, could be two, could be three, on how best to prepare their children for when they are not there, for when they are in the world by themselves, what would your advice be?
2: Thank you, Happy. Thank you, Mike. Um, that, that's a very good question. um But I would like parents to know that first and foremost, we are not God. Parents is a the is not a God. The mother is not a God. So we are not God. So that's, that's the settled. So once we know that we're God, our part is to try our best. Now the Bible talks about God. It is from God that all parents derive their fatherhood. I mean, the father from which all fathers. The father, as believer, our parenting skills must be gotten from God. There are times when we, yes, yes. So there are times when we have not the total picture of how we want this particular child to be. But our goal is to provide the necessary value system, you know, the nurturing, the affirmation, the training according to the dictates of the Bible. Oh. Now, once we've done that, our role is now to release our children. To their destiny in God, and that is where that is where faith comes in. Right. Believing God that no matter what, He has the back of these children and He will sort them out. Right. So there, there's a little what we can do as parents. So we just do our best and leave the rest for God. That's, okay. That's so my contribution.
0: I, would say, I, I wouldn't say there's a little to what we can do. I would say there's a lot to what we can do. But after we oh, have done our okay. best, we must still anchor and trust God. <laughs> For yeah. our children. Okay, so Ini, from from a from a a sound standpoint, what would you suggest to the parents of this world that either from what you've observed, maybe not from yourself directly, maybe from your friends, you know, maybe from your leads at school, and you can see the deficiency, you know. I'm not asking you your thoughts yet. I just I just wanted to respond to um, uh, Mr. Max' thought, which is. How do you think is best to prepare a child for, for the uncertainties in
3: the world? Okay, so for me, I th- um, Pastor Taniket said something like very, very important, which is that the Bible is an excellent manual because I feel like no matter what the times are on the earth, we can always apply the Bible to our lives in different ways. So, but faith without works is dead, right? So the question becomes the Bible is the faith aspect. What about the work aspect? And with respect to what we as human beings can physically do as parents i feel as though one very very important thing is that parents have to adapt with the times because the times are changing and so the way like it, it the way a parent would have raised their kid like 500 years ago would be like not necessarily drastically different but the different things and different ways you can apply the, the bible so oh i feel as though keep because again like when you when you let your child go into the world now it's it's you it's the way you raise them versus the world right so you want to raise them in a way that um, they can apply your teachings and everything you taught them to the world and that will I think that increases a lot of chances for success. Awesome, awesome. So we are saying that parents should not be a cake in their
0: beliefs.
3: <laughs> parents should try and modernize and and, and some <laughs> aspects because the world is getting worse in many areas, right? Should yeah. not be some it's aspects. Not be.
0: You know, draconian and and uh, barbaric and uh, and what uh, other word? You know, things things that you know they should try and learn new generational ways of impacting their children. You know, and you know, and getting things done. Okay, Amy, awesome. So, uh, Tinuke, what what would be your thoughts on, on that? On, on the teaching on um, the, in general. Okay, on
2: the teaching. So, so for me, I, I see a lot of fathers, really. I guess it has to do with them, the way they were brought up. A lot of fathers are not very emotional. Like they, don't emotions. they don't want to affirm their kids. And, you know, there's this old-headed that is in Nigeria, and an African thing that says, boys don't cry. You know, why oh. won't a boy cry? He has to cry most time. So, I mean, it's not from oh, you saying your child, your male yeah. child, not cry. You know, you yeah. shouldn't show emotion. You hug his mom, hug the sisters. And it becomes a generational thing. So, I think wrong minded. I think we should raise our boys to be loving, to be caring, to be supportive Our boys should be able to show emotions. I mean, they should be able to say, mom, I love you, I love my sister. You know, so if we start well, you know, it's going to affect the boy when he becomes a man. And oh. then he can now show love to his wife. Oh. It, it's not something that I just pick up. It's, it's, I mean, before he met, it was 26, 27, 30. So oh. it's, it's difficult to change such, such guy. So mm. what we need to do, like he said, is to start from when they are toddlers, when they are children, mm. when they are babies, oh. to give love and receive love. Mm. And once we do that, then we can have men, generation of men, that will be loving, caring, and affirmative.
0: Okay, tables are shaking. tables are shaking, here. Yeah. So um, um you no know one let's let's start with my to comment on what Tilika said. You know, how do we as men, you know, I want to I mean um uh show solidarity to the to the men folk, you know, because I want to believe that I don't have a problem with emotion, but but how do we have, have as men, you know, um be more engaging emotionally, you know, with our children. You know, how do they see our vulnerabilities without us thinking that would be weakness? How do they how would they see that we are, fun, you know,
1: and, and so Mike, maybe you know, throw some light
0: to help us Okay.
1: There. I I think that for us as men, we, we just need to be real. We just need to be real. I think some of the challenges in how a lot of us were brought up, you know, earlier on um, you find out your father was, he was this moral, he was this perfect figure. He oh. uh, was something like, this is the model of how I should be. And that's oh. already part of the problem, that oh. sometimes we try too much to mirror our children to be like us. Mm. And if, if they are not like us, we think there's something wrong. Mm. Uh, so, so being real is being yourself. You know, because you find out as, as you grow older in life, you find out that oh, your dad, you, yes, he was good, he was everything, was a role model. But the older you get, you find out that your dad actually had faults. <laughs> you know, It's quite shocking. You say, "Ah, but how did Daddy do this kind of thing? I could have done it better." <laughs> so, so we, we, I think we have a responsibility as parents to make sure that our children. It's almost like. We mirror our children to even be better than us. It's almost no. like being a better version of me. Of I would me. like my son to be a better version of me. Oh. i like my daughter to be a better version of me. And the only way they can do that is if they know me the way I am. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, sir.
0: So, you know, two things you, 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 you brought to light that will help us. I just want to rehash it. I mean, the, the first thing is that you said was that we should be real. You know, as men, we should be real. If we if we if we are limping, we should limp. Let your child see you limp and say, oh, "How did you get this limp?" Then you tell him the story and the lesson you learned. <laughs> you know, we should we should we should be real. We should, they should see us as as vulnerable. You know, and see not just that we are high babies. Of course not. That doesn't help every anybody. But beyond that, that through that pain, this is how to tackle it. This is how to deal with it. This is how to ride above it. Then by the time they begin to become adults and they see us, they will not be shocked that, ah, ah you mean daddy can <laughs> make this kind of mistake? Secondly, is that we should not, that like Mike said, is that we should not try and make our children to be like us or to be a better version of us shouldn't be who God has created them to be. If they are going to be like us at all or learn from us, they should see us for we are first. If they can, if they are going to be better, thank you, Mike. I think that is super loaded. In fact, I'm I'm sitting on the floor right now. The tables are I'll be shaking. My chairs are <laughs> off.
3: So, ini um, what are your thoughts concerning what UK said? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a very big issue. I think it's an issue of culture and society where. The world kind of dictates to us that men are the components of parenthood that are supposed to always be strong and firm and not show weakness. But I think that the beauty of like, I mean, life in general is just the abilities for people to fall and get back up. I mean, how much more if, if a child sees their father like strong their whole life and they haven't been through any hardships, so that it doesn't look like their father has gone through any hardships, right? Oh. And the child grows up and they go through and they get set back, they're gonna be like, My dad was strong, but what if he was just lucky because nothing set him back? So how much more that's able to show weakness and fall and get back up? That preaches a message to doubt that, you know, we can fall and get back up. And Absolutely. I feel like with respect to who to look to, I feel like a good starting goal would be to be like our wives and our mothers, because they're excellent examples of strength, even with emotion. And um, again, like, I feel like it's kind of funny how, like, in a single Bible, Jesus has cried more times than most men who cry in their lives. So I don't see why it's such a negative thing for men. to In the, in the single cry.
0: Bible, what? I didn't hear that.
3: I said sometimes in the Bible, in a single um, book of the Bible, right. Jesus has wept more times than most men weep in their lives. Their lives. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <sighs> have remember it's really not that bad a thing, as culture and society dictates, and it shows that you can recover from um, setbacks or weakness. Of
0: setbacks and weakness is so true. You know, just to you know, um, um, uh, say what you have said again. I mean, wrap it up. Is that look. Let your children see you fall. Yeah. Let them see you get back up. So the fact that you are falling, or you have made a mistake, or something did you not know, work out in your life, is not the end of your life. You pick yourself up, you dust yourself up, and you go. And you, are, you are open, you are honest about it. Your child can see it. Your child can, you know, yeah, can, can see it. Um, and learn from it and trust you even more. So, when they meet their own problems, they say, Oh, daddy has overcome so many things. Let me go and meet daddy. They will say, ah, Something must be wrong with me because my dad had everything just right. You know, I have a big problem. Maybe God doesn't love me. And they begin to kick themselves and, and bolt into so many things that God does not want them to, to be under the influences of things that God wanted to be under. So, Amy, straight away, what are your own thoughts?
3: um my thoughts revolve more around like a very interesting question i think i so i'm wondering why like you see a lot of issues with like it's always people talk about single motherhood rates single motherhood single motherhood it's never single fatherhood so i'm I'm wondering why like um actually no, I, have, I have something else before that i wanted to so like with respect to fathers being more emotional, because this is more elitist least is what we're talking about right now. That's why I shifted to my attention. Um, with respect to fathers being more emotional and like showing more weakness, I feel as though, and maybe I'm just wrong, but I feel as though it's more a trend, I say, I say in the Western world, for like parents to be more like, to show more vulnerability and to be a little more lenient and a little more, um, I don't want you to do this and here's the reason why, as opposed to, I don't want you to do this and it's because I said so that mm-hmm. I guess nigerian or traditional parents and i mean we've talked about like the advantages of you know being as a father it's not just about like you know you have to have a relationship with your child why do you think that there's such a discrepancy in how um in the two types of parenting And how come it's always a trend in the traditional world asia africa versus the western world why do you how i think that's something interesting
0: okay why, why is there such a discrepancy between cultures right yeah again, that word I use is 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 largely um, is largely determinant of the outcome, which is the big determinant of the outcome, which is the culture. So, so people usually see God through the lens of their culture. So, um, so when in Africa, you know, the culture is very communal and very hierarchical and very respectful and everything. So there is a good side to it, you know, and there's a side to it that it begins to push things off the, off the cliff, you know. In the Western world, for instance, these structures are more, com, less communal, has even become much less um, uh, integrated, you know, with community, people don't do life together, you know. Even in, Society is less hierarchical. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a right. Everybody has, you know. In in Africa, you don't have a right. Did you write? Yeah. <laughs> in Africa, you don't have a right. You only have a right to obedience. That's the thing you have a right to. You have a right to obedience. That can end you a right to food. Can end you a right to... Accommodation can, right? you know, so yes, so different cultures we really interpret scripture from the lens of their culture, but the truth is that we should allow scriptures to interpret themselves. We have enough examples, like rightly said, of Jesus crying. So, regardless of the culture that you are from, whether your culture doesn't allow that or doesn't. You should follow Jesus Interpret himself. Watch his life. This is what Jesus will do. Do you understand? So that will be the, the 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 solution. When we leave our culture and we embrace the scriptures, what God's saying, that is the the whether Western, Eastern, African, or you know, whatever. Okay, I hope that, that helps. So um uh our uh, uh, time is up um it's i know you guys still have a lot i still have a lot I'm, i am you know like mike said like we are drinking water from water hydrants today as we usually do so i encourage everyone to to um get this um online get this teaching again listen to it again um online <clears throat> and and you know, and you get more things out of this deliberation. So, if you want to give an offering, the links are on, on the chat rooms. If you have a question, the links are um, you can put your questions in the chat room to get to me here and we will, we will we'll tackle it. Um, so, pick you up your offering, you can follow the link or you can give it a after the service. I'm going to pray with you anyway. Um, so, I'm going to go around, around here. Um, what are your last thoughts or
1: questions as we as we exit, Mike? Um, I think for me the last thought is is how important communication is in the relationship between parents and children. Um, you talked about the role of the mother to nurture and the role of the father to affirm. Um, one other issue, is, you know, sometimes those roles get mixed up, so that already can be a problem. But think that. Communication is important. The scriptures have to come to life in their lives. You know, they need to see you exemplify it. Oh. And I think that even as we grow up, we remember our fathers used to tell us a lot of stories, oh. which we remember till today. And we find out from those stories, they're always learning from them. Oh. So translating what is in the Bible to personal life experiences, those kind of communication with our children are things that never leave them in a the hurry. Mm. such that even when they are old they can relate to that mm. so i think communication is the heart of the relationship between um, a parent and a child and I, I think it's something that needs to be needs to be vertical in the relationship okay thank you mike um
0: that's very much appreciated um more thank you Poppy. um for me i like the
2: fact that um, God, God told Jesus that He would always love Him, and so yeah. God's love is unconditional. Yeah. So, for, for parents, for caregivers, we need to know that it is a function of what you can do or what the child cannot do to get to a level where we love our children and people in our area of because of who they are, yeah. because they are made in the image of Christ. Yeah. And so, we stop the comparison. We don't compare a child with a child. And, and the scripture that we talked about, people comparing themselves with themselves are not wise. And wow. it starts to start from parents. We've heard of children that are hurting because the father the mother, you know, like your sister, you know, like your brother. So you shouldn't be killing these children and we need to stop it. Mm. And so we need to love like God. God loves us whether we are skilled, whether we are talented, whether we're beautiful in our own eyes, whether we feel that we are not. He loves us in respect of what we can do or what we have. So we wow. need to learn from God and any kind wow. of parents that
0: you expect us to be at all times. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, um, that is so, so powerful. You know, again, we can go on and on on that, you know, also, uh, so any
3: final thoughts? Um, yeah, obviously like there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of stuff that goes into being, um, a good father or a parent in general. Um, I think we should be very thankful that single motherhood rates are not as big an issue as single motherhood rates are around the world, because obviously that would come with its own nurture side of the problems. But I feel like we're all for me, a final thought would be that in the end, like you said, it's not about necessarily interpreting how to parent your child through the lens of a culture, but prim- prioritizing exactly what the Bible says and how you should like that um, in your life to be an active, but also like a, a good parent.
0: Okay. So um wrap it up what they've said first mike says communicate 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 communication is key between parents and children in any relationship friends colleagues husbands and wife communicate 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 Tinuke um, says don't compare don't compare don't compare never compare your children to each other can't you be like your brother can't you be like a sister can't you be like you know and I say same as don't compare your, your um, sister or your siblings or your children don't compare your spouse don't compare your husband you know see what other men are bringing home for their wives oh <laughs> huh? see what other women are doing to their husband don't compare they are also soldiers they need to hear these words. You need to hear these words every soldier needs needs to hear. Then, um, and he says, look, it's the word, the word, the word, and the word of God. You know, we use and build on the standard of of the word of the word of God. So that's so, so powerful. In fact, I think I'm going to bring this team back again. <laughs> because, because this team. I've enjoyed all the teams, and I'm not saying I've enjoyed this one more, more than the other team. I'm just saying that I, I have a feeling in my heart that there's still more to grow from these people, you know, <laughs> you know and, and we can. So, yeah, you're going to get a call from me, I mean, anytime soon, um, three of you. However, let me say to everybody, even right now, some of us, may have failed with communication with our, with our children with the people we are speaking into, with our spouses, with your husband, with your wife. Some of us may have failed by comparing with your children, with your husband. You've compared your husband to all your your colleagues at work. You have compared your wife to all the women you know. Some of us may have failed by not living by the standard of the word of God. This is not to shame you and this is not to judge you. So you are saying, Pastor, what can I do? And the, and and what you may have done, maybe in one of the things I've said in teaching, or maybe something totally different that the Holy Spirit is putting upon your heart, God doesn't condemn us. Mm-hmm. God corrects us. Mm-hmm. God doesn't condemn us. Mm-hmm. God corrects us. So you take that bold step. You go to the child and you say to that child, I am sorry. I've not been communicating enough. I've repented before the father and I've come to ask for your forgiveness. you go to that child, you say, I'm sorry, I've been comparing you with your, with your sibling. I shouldn't be doing that. I've repented before God. Please forgive me. You go to, to, to that child and you say, I've I'm, I'm I'm not dealt with you according to the word of God. I've dealt with you according to the traditions of my father. Now, I want to deal with you according to the word of God. Will you please forgive me? Or it could be your spouse, I've been comparing you, I'm sorry. It could be your colleague, it could be people you are doing life with. I've I've been comparing you, I'm sorry. You need to do that. And for everybody again, I'm saying to you that you are a child of God. I believe in you. If you are not a child of God, you need to be a child of God today. Let us know in the chat rooms. Somebody will help you. I believe in you. God believes in you. Number two, I love you no matter what. God loves you no matter what. And number three, I am proud of you no matter what. I may not be proud of what you have done. I'm proud of you no matter what. And I'm saying this to you. If you have not heard it from your father before, if you have not heard it from someone in authority, and I'm standing today by the grace of God, in the authority of Christ, and I'm saying to you, I love you. God loves you, no matter what. I believe in you, and I'm proud of you. God bless you, and God keep you. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. did ever to the because